It's the Flag on the Play for Friday, July 30th. It's a long weekend edition of the Flag on the Play. We boot up live right after the NBA draft. We're going to be talking all about that, talking all about the winners and losers there, getting into Westbrook to the Lakers. The NBA offseason is here. We're talking all about it, some free agency predictions. Then we're going to talk some football, as we always do. We're doing the AFC South, the second half, the Colts and the Titans this week. Bows of the week, genius of the week. Plus, I'm going to give an oil other take. Stay around for that. Important scheduling note, though, no show Monday. It's a holiday. We've been three months, and we haven't taken a show off, so we're going to take a show off. We'll be back again next Friday morning. So enjoy the episode. We'll talk to you guys in a week. Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. It's Friday, July 30th. It's the Flag on the Plate podcast. It's a long weekend edition. I'm fired up. It's going to be a good one. We're live after the NBA draft. Joining me virtually today, it's Alex. How's it going? It's going good. Got a nice virtual episode today. Still going to be great. We haven't done one in a while, so. Yeah, it's going to be. For anyone who missed it. We're going to have to knock the rust off. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough, tough to adjust. The other voice you're hearing, that's Owen. How's it going? It's going good. Not, I'm probably not doing as well as you because, like, I guess I feel like we should probably let the fans know. Phil is, uh, he's out at the lake. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just living it up. So I, I really am. It's the best. <laughs> he's I'm been vibing. So yeah, the time of my life, really. There's yeah, no other way to describe right it. Yeah, I got that vacation glow. I'm yeah. burnt to that cookie color. I like that. <laughs> good, just, good. Just yeah. keep it going. It's episode twenty-seven. You've always got any 27s because, I, I mean, we, we could big shout out superstar Gobert, Rudy Gobert. Yeah. He's a legendary 27. Jamal Murray. Oh, Vladdy Jr. Vlad Jr. Oh, let's go. Yeah. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. My personal favorite, Alex Kovalev. I don't know if you guys remember. He played for the Habs for like two years. Guy was sick. So shout out to Alex that is, that is a money one. Yeah. He, he, he had the flow too. He was fire. Yeah, he was a beauty. He had the big nose. Yeah, he had a monster, yeah. wow. monster schnoz. Yeah, <laughs> legend. Uh, we'll say quickly here, it is a long weekend this weekend for us Canadians to all the Americans out there listening. I see you out there in Florida. Big Florida podcast. We're big yeah. Florida podcast. Huge in Florida. We love it. We love it. So just so you guys know, when you're looking for your episode on Monday morning, it's not going to be there. If you go to look for it on Tuesday morning, it's not going to be there. Yeah. We've been going for three months and we haven't taken a vacation. We're taking a vacation. You know what, Phil? I think the saying absence makes the heart grow fonder really rings true here. I think the fans are just, I know fans are going to be just refreshing, 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 just in denial, hoping the episode pops up and they're not going to find it. But then come Friday, next Friday, it's just going to be, it's going to be crazy. It's going to yeah. be a zoo. It's like Black yeah. Friday at Walmart to download yeah, the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna be yeah I know. I totally agree. So Friday, you guys are going to be ready. Long overdue yeah. for a fresh, uh, fresh episode. So you'll be ready. We'll be coming with the in-person takes too. Yeah, it's gonna be fire. True, true. We mentioned it off the top. We just watched the NBA draft. It was, it's, it's always, you know, the top of the list. It's a huge event every year. It's a must-watch for me. I don't know about you boys, but for me, must-watch. You agree? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree. Um, it's 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 so much fun regardless if your team is picking high or low. It's just you know uh, 
seeing seeing the players get drafted, seeing some teams go off the boards, and then you know the panel talks, they're always pretty good. And then when they pan to Woj, that's always kind of heat. You're like, he had the, he had the crazy eyes happen? going today. I swear. Every yeah, time he was pretty intense. He was feeling it. He he knows it's his day on the TV, so he's got to show up. I think he didn't sleep. That's probably why. So he was knocking back like five Red Bulls. Yeah, and that's why his eyes were all like crazy. Does Woj ever sleep though? I feel like his work is he clocks in at like 1 a.m. and that's like when he starts working. He's like a bat. Yeah. He's like a bat. Yeah, I don't know how that even works. Like, do GMs even sleep when it's like the high transaction times of the season? Like, how does that even work? The, oh, the Spurs and the Oilers GMs are so old. They're definitely logging sleep. They like, definitely need they to get, get their, their transaction. Hours, hey? Yeah. Oh, more at than least. eight. They're, they're going for 10. <laughs> they need to get their transactions done at like 9 a.m. So they can, you know, <laughs> catch the four o'clock dinner and just 10 hours, up. 10 hours Bed of sleep eight. without with a nap in between. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just, just extra, extra sleep, you know, Yeah, got to stack it up. Uh, what do we give this year out of 10 for the draft? Uh, I'm just curious. What'd you guys think of it? Uh, personally, cause like Toronto maybe didn't make my favorite selection. Uh, I'm going to go seven out of 10. Uh, that's still high. Still, still decent. You know, there was the, the Westbrook trade, which was pretty good. And I have to give credit leading up to it. I thought a lot of stuff would happen. I thought maybe Toronto would move their pick. I thought there'd be a Simmons trade. I thought maybe Beal would be like, yeah, I want out. None of that really materialized, but it was still a decent draft. They said it was a deep one too. So yeah. 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 I'll probably, I'll probably give it a six. I full, full transparency. didn't watch it. I had, I had a basketball game, but I, uh, How'd you I did a deep dive. I, worst game of the season by far. So uh, probably not going to talk about that. So that you didn't get drafted, you're telling me. No, dude, I got, I got. Owen's, Owen's right preparing for, for the draft. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, but I, I did a, a deep dive on uh, on the guys beforehand, and then how the how the cards, how the you know how kind of shook out at the end. Um, and it was exciting in the sense that, like, you know, my team, the Raptors, got a high pick, so that was nice to see because I mean, such a good, well-run franchise, it doesn't happen a lot. But at the same time, it's like I didn't I didn't feel like I was as invested in some of these guys as drafts past, like with LaMelo Ball, like somebody that I'd grown up watching. So it's like, I don't know. I like the guys, but it's like, you know, I didn't really care for them as much as some other drafts. I know what you mean, because it's like, you know, like they're they're great players, obviously, especially, you know, the top three guys are all going to be really good. It looks like, you know, maybe two of the three. But anyway, uh, (laughs) there wasn't like that transcendent, like flashy, like grown up watching. Yeah, exactly. Like Zion, I was so invested because I loved watching Zion at Duke. You obviously had LaMelo ties, you know, Luca was a big deal, I'm sure, for Alex, because, you know, he got that overseas connection. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I would allude this to because um, I guess the the draft happened kind of later. So um, like this past year, it was it was in October. But I know in recent years, you always have those, like you said, like the consensus guys, like up there at the one, the two, the three, and they mostly stay there for those like nine months. This, I guess, Cade was number one. And then Jalen Green kind of rocketed up towards the end. Scotty yeah. Barnes kind of rocked up towards the end. Uh I mean, they had Kaminga going one, maybe even potentially in like October, November when they were playing in, in the G League. So mm-hmm. I, I totally get what you boys are saying. Yeah, yeah. not. Oh, go ahead, Owen. I was going to say, I think this is something that like, like NBA media does is when there's not, it's not like a star studded top heavy draft. They'll just say it's deep. 
Like that's what they said last year. That's what they said last year because it wasn't like, there wasn't like that, like you were saying, Phil, like that transcendent star. So everyone was just, oh, it's a deep draft. Lots of role players, lots of good NBA talent. That's just what they'll say. But they went as far as to say that this is the deepest draft since 2003. And I was like, damn, I don't really see a LeBron. (laughs) I don't don't see a LeBron or a Wade or a Bosch. I see a lot of Darkos for sure. Yeah. Yeah. there's some Darko potential for sure, <laughs> yeah. especially on the suits. I, yeah. I, this is a good time to transition to the fits. Did anybody stand out to you as really good or really bad? I know Alex had a big take coming. Yeah, so I thought Jalen Green's suit was actually horrible. Yeah, yeah. I thought that thing stunk. Yes. Uh, I completely agree. The gray uh, with the like pinstripe sparkly lines or whatever was going on there. And then the shirt under he had was like a floral like Oh, it was it was straight out of Kuzma's closet. It was straight out of Kuzma's closet. It was like you can you could like see through it. I don't even know what you call that. It was, I guess maybe more like female. I guess feminine. Um, and then his pants were also from like the seventies. And I thought he was gonna like trip and break his neck walking up the stairs. <laughs> you gotta put him in the brace. Covering his shoes. Um, yeah. So I, I was I was not a fan of of his suit at all. And it, and it didn't even look fitted very properly. Like the the suit was coming down to over like like under his ass it's gonna kind of come up like above it like, yeah it way too low it was way too baggy i think so, that's what he was going for look bad though yeah it I was know. atrocious it was horrible the other thing is i realized he you know the guy from high school musical like the you're gonna the need to guy? be more more specific the like the other basketball player not not zach efron's character the other guy uh, oh, the blue guy. Like his last yeah. name is blue. Yeah. 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 Wow. He, you boys Jalen Green better than looks I. just like him. I, I, I like, yeah, I see if that. You, if you put them side by side, they look the same. I see that. Yeah. Little Morris Brothers situation. Yeah. But Maybe. yeah, no, the, the fit was absolutely horrible. I don't know who, like, I, I'm, I'm looking at it right now again, and I, I can't tell if it's like bell bottoms that he's wearing or if it's just like, like, I don't just like the angle of the photo because it looks horrible. Like the, the pant leg is like, is like a basketball hoop length, like with yeah. got the jinkos on atrocious yeah. dude. It's horrible. Yeah. It was bad. I also, the other one I thought was pretty bad was Jalen Suggs. I mean, if the Raptors didn't take yeah. him because of his suit, I mean, it, it looked like tinfoil. I don't understand what he was doing there. Some of the guys go for uh, way too sparkly and I don't really like it um so you you can keep it clean i like Cade. Cade Cade was keeping it clean he said uh i want to look back on this 20 years from now and i want my suit to still be in style i don't think jalen green and jalen Suggs can say the same thing uh and i think kind of a sleeper for me was actually mobley i think not a lot of guys can pull off the blue but i think it looked great on him that's that was a good looking suit i'm not gonna lie and kaminga too kaminga did the orange pretty well yeah for sure yeah there were some decent ones one that i also did not like was Corey Kispert's. I don't know if you guys saw that. He's I wearing like it. a baby blue with the six buttons on it and then like navy blue pants. It looked make them made him look like some sort of like sailor or like butler. <laughs> like it was it was weird. And then he had a black he has a black shirt on with a black tie. So it's just a hodgepodge, just mishma- mishmash wow. of like eight different colors. I don't know why it there's so many buttons on the suit. It's just it's too much. Yeah. No he couldn't good. pick between the three suits, so he just merged them all together. Yeah, yeah. like it looks like they're khaki pants too. Like, I don't even know what he's thinking here. It's a disaster. My favorite one though. I don't know if you guys saw it because it was in the 20s, but that Isaiah Jackson guy, he went to, I think it was the Pacers, but it, he was wearing the Laker hat. Oh my God. 
that was the best looking suit of the day. It was like black and then he cut it up at the bottom and it was white and black. And then he had a weird sleeve and he had the hair going. This guy's going to be a stud just based on his style. Just, nice. just check it out at home if you get the chance. What do we think about Evan Mobley's, the, the baby blue? Oh, we the, were loving it. Yeah, slides. we were loving it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. I thought he pulled Me too. it off. I liked it. I like the sleds too. They're interesting. For sure. So yeah. we had, obviously, Cade went number one. Not too much to say to that one. That was pretty well expected coming in. Everybody saw it coming. I think good pick. He seemed like a really nice guy. The ABC broadcast loved to show his family. And I'll get into the ABC broadcast because it was all I had for the first three (laughs) picks. And wow, it was something else. But, you know, he seemed like a nice guy. Detroit could really use a spark like that. He seems like a good floor raiser for the team. So I was all aboard that one. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer pick, really, because... No matter how maybe, how no matter how much you you would have liked Jalen Green, uh, like as the Pistons, or if you liked Mobley, I think the problem with that is like for a GM is if you do end up taking Green or Mobley number one, and then Cade ends up panning out to be the like undisputed best prospect in like in the next five years, uh, you're probably losing your job. But this way you can point to being like, well, like you know he was the consensus number one, like we took him. So, but I still think he's gonna have a great career nonetheless. But yeah. like taking a risk like that at one for your yeah, job, especially especially when you're the Pistons too, and you don't have that like track record of success lately. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and I'll also say I can understand sometimes when when guys when, when I guess front offices take like a guy that might seem to have higher upside, but I honestly don't think Jalen Green has higher upside than Cade Cunningham. Just even when you look at their physical tools, I mean, to get a six eight six nine guard um, with a jump shot, I mean that's you know that's the yeah. ideal situation as far as 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 a, somebody who can handle the ball for you moving forward. So I, I don't I don't really see. I don't really see the pick as a it wasn't risky and B I don't even know if there was a better option available. Like even in, you could, could even make a reasonable case for. So yeah, I, I I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. It's it's a no brainer. So it was a easy number one. We can get into Jalen Green a little bit at two, which I think that there was a little more. I think the floor is much lower than I originally thought it was. He's obviously supremely talented and he could be you know a superstar. But the guy getting up there and telling you that his goal is to win rookie of the year and he didn't say anything about his team or, you know, go into the Rockets or his teammates, just not want to win rookie of the year. That was kind of a red flag to me. That was like, you know what? Maybe there's a time and place, Matt. Maybe do that one in October. Just <laughs> don't do it on draft yeah. night. Yeah. Personality wise, I think they're much uh, Cade, Cade and Jalen Green. I think they're very different. Um, Cade, when he was interviewing with Malik Andrews, he was talking about how much he wants to go to the Pistons he's ready he wants to win and like you said Jalen Green was more focusing on personal stuff um I agree with you I think I think his floor is is um you said it was higher right or no floor is lower yeah yeah Yeah, floor is lower um and honestly like going to Houston uh they don't really have too many vets um Mm -hmm. they're kind of a young team and I don't know if a backcourt with him and Kevin Porter I don't know how that's going to shake out it's going to be interesting because Kevin Porter is he can blow up at you. He's a he's a guy that would throw soup at you for yeah, sure. He uh, is. Punch you randomly. Menace um, to society. Yeah, yeah, he menace to society. Seems like a like a hothead. And uh, I've heard some issues with Jalen Green's attitude too, and 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 character problems. So they might end up being a handful for the for the Rockets. Yeah, and yeah. they got the steady hand of John Wall to separate them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I uh, I mean I just agree I agree with you guys for sure I think 
when you compare Green to Cunningham, Cunningham's so much more developed in most aspects of the game. I mean, he's a sig- significantly better three-point shooter. He shoots, he shot like forty-one percent last year. Cade did um, on you know high attempts, so he's clearly a good shooter. And when J- when you look at Jalen Green, I mean, people are are comparing him a lot to guys like Zach Levine, for example. And to say you're going to win Rookie of the Year when you're kind of you know you're, you're pretty raw prospect. Yeah. is uh that's a bold statement I, I as far as i'm concerned i think rookie of the year is almost kids to lose if he pans out even close to what people think he can be so yeah he's the most pro ready of anybody we saw today it's not Absolutely. even close and yeah. and we could talk about mobley at three who i thought i'm i'm really i really think he's going to have a great career and i think cleveland's a really good spot for him to go because they don't need to get rid of jared allen he can play behind jared allen and you know, he's not going to have the spotlight on him. And that's a guy who needs to put on some weight and get some pro experience, especially like Owen always says with those bigs, you need to develop and you need to not be rushed into anything that you're not prepared for. And he's already pretty good and he's already ready to play in the pros, but he gets to play behind a good center for as long as they extend Jared Allen and as long as they end up doing that. And I think that's a really good spot for him because he has all the talent in the world and the limelight's not going to be on him. He's not going to feel that pressure. It's a good spot for him, I thought. Yeah, totally, Phil. I was going to say the exact same thing. I think keeping Jared Allen would actually be a plus to at least get a get a, a full playing year behind uh, Jared Allen so he doesn't have that pressure. Um, I, I feel like Mobley doesn't really have too many weaknesses. I mean, he's long. Uh, he, 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 he plays a great defensive game. Offensively, he's good. He gets his teammates involved. Um, you know, if he can keep working on that jumper, which, which, I mean, it does go down pretty well too. Um, and I think honestly, uh, I, I love Kate at number one, but I think I wouldn't be surprised if we look back on this draft in a couple of years and we say Mobley was, was, was the best player out of this draft. I, I really think he has a lot of potential and, mm-hmm. um, and if Cleveland works with him and is patient, I think he could end up being really good. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think there's a, a ton of upside as much upside with Mobley as anybody else in the draft. Um, and you know, I think it's just a question of, like you guys are saying, giving him the time to develop and even just physically, like if you project him as a center, which I think he's going to end up playing, um, he's going to have to gain weight. I mean, he's pretty skinny. He's 215 at seven feet. So he's, he's thin. Um, and so when you put him up against a guy like Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic or even, you know, Rudy Gobert, who's on the thinner side, it's going to be a bit tougher for him. So I just, you know, I look forward to seeing how they can develop him physically and develop his game and get him in the weight room and get him on, you know, some sort of program to get him bigger and get him get him more NBA ready so he can ultimately start a few years down the line maybe or even sooner. So, yeah, I like definitely. him a lot. And quick to your point, Owen, uh, I've seen a lot of people, like, criticize guys for not being big and not putting on weight. Like, mm-hmm. That's not a problem. Like, look at Giannis. He, he was so skinny when he came onto the league and he yeah. put on weight. Look at Embiid when he came into the league. We forget how skinny Embiid was. No, and absolutely. He ended up putting up a bunch of muscle. So, go there as well. Yeah. yeah. You look at them, and and you just got to be patient. In, in, in two or three years, um, they can put on a lot of weight, put on a lot of muscle. So... Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's it's that big of a deal. No, I I 100% agree. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, weight is like the bottom of the of the negatives exactly. you can have because I mean, at the end of the day, this guy's 19. He's he screwed to seven feet at 19. I mean, this guy's, you know, his body is is just starting to it's just beginning to develop into what it, it eventually will be. So I think it's just a matter of time. Yeah, and the, and I mean, it's going to be tough to 
the Cavs don't exactly have a great track record of growing players. So I would like <laughs> yeah. to quickly add that in despite our optimism. Well, it's, yeah. it's a wait and see there, but we can shift over to number four, which the Raptors were up and I'm with two Raptor fans. I usually, you know, I like to set the table. I'll say the Raptors took Scotty Barnes fourth. There were some expectations. They might have gone in another direction. Maybe you've taken the guy who went fifth. I'm with the two Raptor fans. I'll let you guys sort it out. What were your opinions of the pick? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Let's hear it. Alex, uh, you go first. Yeah. You want me to go first? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, going into the draft, uh, I woke up this morning and uh, Michael Grange, which is like, I guess, one of the writers for, for the Raptors. And, you know, he's, he's decently knowledgeable. When he said that we were zeroing in on Jalen Suggs, I, I trusted it quite a bit. Um, and not only because... I, I thought Jalen Suggs was the better prospect just from a fit perspective too. Larry's most likely leaving the Raptors and that leaves us with Flynn and Van Vliet. Flynn, Flynn is good. I like Flynn. He's still a little raw. And then that leaves you with Van Vliet, who's probably going to have to carry the whole entire offense. So I thought, you know, drafting Suggs, you get three really good guards and it wouldn't be that big of a problem. But as well, we were hearing Scotty Barnes stuff and, um, you know, Silver comes up to the podium and I'm just waiting for Jalen Suggs and I hear Scotty Barnes and I... Uh, I just threw my phone to the side and I was actually kind of pissed because I don't know. I just, I I felt like Suggs was the better pick, the better fit. Um, But I was hearing Scotty Barnes stuff. And now I'm really thinking that out of the top five teams, you had, uh, you had the Pistons, the Hughes, the Rockets, uh, the uh, Cavs, Raptors and Magic. I think the Raptors at the end of the day had, they could risk the, the pick. Um, I, I think that the the least to lose because all the other guys had to nail their picks. I think the Raps looked at it and they were like, "All right, let's take Scotty Barnes. He's uh, he's probably a little more raw, but they see some things in him that they think they can fix. His jumper's complete ass, from what I've heard. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he, I think he hit like maybe twelve like twelve threes in all of college, like his whole college yeah. season. So he's not a good three point shooter. Um, but I was listening to Nick Nurse and Bobby Webster after the pick, and they were saying, yeah, you know, we think we can fix his his jumper. We can fix his offense a little bit. Um, but obviously his strengths are defense, um, his length, um, and he's a high-motor guy. So we'll see. Raptors have developed guys nicely, but I would have liked to seen Suggs uh, go to four. Yeah, uh, I agree with you, Alex. I would have taken Jalen Suggs just because of the upside. And I think – you know, when you talk about like intangibles, I mean, this guy was a, he was obviously a leader at Gonzaga as a freshman playing with upperclassmen. He was, you know, a five-star quarterback in high school. He's clearly got some, you know, like a winner mentality. Qualities. Yeah. And so I would have taken him, especially if, if you're trying to kind of transition to this younger team. I know you got guys like Van Vliet and Siakam who are approaching veteran status at this point. But I mean, I think you want that young guy who can kind of be the face of your franchise and the leader of your team. So that's what I would have taken. But as far as Scotty Barnes goes, I mean, I don't like, I, I see him somewhat as like an OG and an OB type um, in the sense that, you know, he was a bit raw coming into the league. Like you said, Scotty Barnes, like last year, he shot under 30% from three on like 37 attempts. So he's not a, he's not a three-point shooter at this point. And a lot of people are comparing him to like guys like Draymond Green, where he's like, like you're saying, really high motor, really good rebounder, good def- defender, um, he's a hustler. So, I mean, there's a lot to like. And I think he could really be like, if he pans out the way the Raptors, I think, think he will, he could be a valuable, like a, like a Draymond Green type, where he's like a defensive anchor on your team. 
and even step out and shoot the occasional three or whatever. But I don't know. I would have taken Jalen Suggs. I just like, especially with, you know, presumably with Kyle Lowry leaving at some point. I exactly. Think and I don't know. I, I, I guess they really, really loved Scotty Barnes, but I was kind of surprised that maybe they didn't move back a couple picks and try and extract some value from number four. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm sure whoever would have got number four was going to take Jalen Suggs. And, um, but I guess they really wanted Scotty bad. Uh, maybe he would have went fifth to Orlando, but I don't know if you trade number four and then you end up getting two first round draft picks, then you can, there's cause I, th- there was a lot of guys in this draft that I liked that I think Toronto could have taken too. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, I guess, I guess they really believe in him and then they believe in their system. So we'll see. Yeah. To yeah. me, to me, it means a couple of things because I, I thought they were going to take Suggs the whole way leading up. And I think it might be a little bit of overthinking things if, you know, they don't end up with Lowry back and, and the team sort of looks like how we expect it to. I think they might have overthought it a little bit and thought, you know what, we trust our development so much and we trust our ability to coach these players. They have a great track record with bringing guys up from the G League and stuff like that, that they thought, you know, we can teach this kid a jump shot. We can teach him everything he needs to know. But to me, what it thought, what I thought when after it happened was, you know, maybe there's a chance they do end up keeping Lowry and they don't want to block his timeline. Or I don't like the comparison so much to guys like Kawhi who don't have a jump shot because it, I'm a Spurs fan. He was going to be good wherever he went. He it wasn't just the Spurs that brought it out of him. It obviously helped to go to the team. But you know, guys like that don't just show up and grow on trees. But I think if I were you guys, and I'm again not, I would. The Raptors have a good track record with this stuff. I would just trust them. It's it's easy to make the decision after draft day, but to me, it it did seem like a pretty big mistake and a missed opportunity because I really think Suggs is going to be a great pro, and it was a great pickup for Orlando. I do too. And can I just say one more thing? Speaking to his like winner's mentality or whatever that that sort of intangible that he has. Um, before the draft, he said, Alex, you mentioned this before the podcast too. He said. Um, that that the ones or the teams that do pass up on me that take another prospect it'll come back it'll be to their detriment yeah he said you can look at my track record what i've done and where i've been it's always win at the highest level and my play has been at the highest level so i mean you can make of that what you will i just think he's he's someone you want to lead your team at the end of the day especially if you're rebuilding it's one thing if you say that and you back it up like he does, and then yeah. you can also be the Josh Rosen who yeah, that's what says I was it say. and then yeah. washes out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I, the second we picked him for some reason, I thought of Michael Kidd Gilchrist. So take that, that how you will, so because tough. he had a True. horrible jump shot. And uh, I'm not a fan of guys that have broken jump shots. Maybe maybe people are criticizing him more. I guess maybe he, his jump shot isn't so bad because get. get Kid Gilchrist was was actually horrible. I've never seen a worse jump shot yeah. in my life, but I'd rather have a guy with a polished jump shot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Tug shot 35%. Like that's nothing to scoff at. It's yeah. Not as what you want it to be, but it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure and we could talk i mean we've already talked at length about Suggs and the magic ended up with him at five i think we could just do quickly on that i just we've already talked about why we like Suggs so much but that's a really good pick for the magic they're a team Absolutely. without identity and i know they have a lot of guards i know they have cole anthony i know they have rj hampton i know they have faults but they're not in a position to draft for positional uh need they're in a position yeah. to take the best player available. And that's a guy who's yeah. a culture setter comes in. He's a floor raiser. I was really happy for them. They deserve some success. And I thought that was a great pick. hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree. You take the best player you have uh, that that's available to you. And they definitely did that regardless of guards, man, who cares? Um, have, have all the guards, make sure they all pan out. And then it's a good problem to have. Then you trade one of them away for different assets, but take the guy at, at, at that's best available. Yeah. Absolutely. 
for sure. And we Oklahoma City came up at six. They ended up with that Josh Giddy. And uh, he's Australian. He's very young. And I know their fan base was very upset that they ended up taking him. It was circulating online. I threw out some retweets to some angry fans because they were, <laughs> I just love seeing the angry Oklahomans. They really get worked up over this stuff. One guy said, so his weakness is basketball. That was, yeah, that, that was that. excellent. I saw that retweet, Phil. Yeah, that was a beauty. So I, or, uh, Oklahoma City's a team I don't end up seeing too much of. They, they they play in the middle of the game time. So I'm usually watching the East Coast. Then I transition to the West Coast. I miss them. I don't really know what they're doing there. They obviously just are swinging for the fences all the time. They're, they're swinging the power swing on MLB The Show over and over again. There's no contact singles in there. They're just going for the fences. So I guess I like it for them. They're going to suck anyway. So might as well roll the dice, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, I know actually the Raptors kind of like Josh Giddy before we landed at four because we were in that seven to eight range. Um, and they actually ended up sending two scouts to freaking Australia to go watch him. So take that how you will. I know, I know the Raptors were high on him as well. And Oklahoma also has a pretty good uh, track record of developing guys. So, um, I just personally, um, press is just getting annoying because they had the like the 16th pick and then they ended up trading it for like two, for, two more first round picks. It's like just, just like, can you start building the roster already and, and like find a direction for this team? Because he's if I was a if I was a Thunder fan, I'd be pissed, man. Like, like, come on, like, let's start something here. Like, you already have thirty picks. Like, get it going. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think uh, Giddy. As far as Giddy goes, I mean, I feel like they just took a flyer. Like, they have so many picks, so many opportunities there. Like you were saying, Phil, it's just lottery tickets. And Josh Giddy has a lot of upside. Like, he's obviously got tons of holes in his game right now, to say the least. Like he's a four shooter. He's um, just not a great scorer, not the most athletic guy. He's got all these holes in his game, but I mean, he's a good passer, a really good passer. Um, And he's somebody that uh, can kind of orchestrate an offense potentially with the right guys around him and with the right player development. So, I mean, who knows? I don't know how much we trust OKC's player development. It's been, seems like it's okay. So maybe he'll pan out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's TBD. They they really just swing for the fences. Like I said, yeah. Uh, we can talk about uh, Golden State because they came up at seven and then we can sort of shift into the uh, big trade of the day. But Golden State, I didn't expect them to take Jonathan Kaminga, who they ended up taking. But the more I thought about it, the more I think it kind of makes sense. Now, y- you can argue against it because he's completely not on the Curry Thompson Draymond timeline. But seeing the highlights of him, that ceiling looks really high. Like he is an incredible body shape. It's unbelievable how long his arms are and he's an athletic freak. I don't really know if I'm sold completely because it doesn't make sense with the timeline of the team, like I said, and I don't know how Curry would feel about it, but he might just be trade fodder at this point. But I I thought it was an interesting move nonetheless to go with him. And I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it coming either. Um, I I was convinced that uh, Golden State would move their picks seven and 14, because like you said, it just doesn't match the, the, the timeline of their all-stars. Having said that though, I think Kaminga, um, is definitely a guy that can help them. Um, you know, we, we saw we saw flashes of, of his potential in the G League, um, and and you know he was playing against grow, uh, grown men. Some of the guys that have had you know playing time in the NBA, and you know the, I don't think the G League's a joke for sure. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what they were look, aiming at. And um, 
and I think they went with Moses Moody at uh, 14. So I think they're like just trying to overwhelm you with, with athleticism when like Wiseman and Kuminga and Moody are going to be out on the floor. And when, when some of their all-stars are out or, or, you know, taking breaks and stuff. So yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Um, who do, do you think they get better value in a trade um, with Kuminga or with the seven, the number seven picks just straight up? Who do you think gets a more like which is more valuable? Do you think in a trade? That's a good question because yeah. I think a lot of people were projecting Kaminga to maybe even just go six to yeah. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, or um, even some people even higher. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this during the day. It was like, you know, is it more appealing for a team to trade to seven and fourteen because then they get their guy that they hand pick, or just them picking a prospect? Is the value of having those two things go down? I don't really know what the answer is. I think it's kind of a it's all in the beauty is in the eye of the beholder i guess but i I think it's a fair question like i think probably for them they have to think of it as okay we're not really sold that anybody can play for us right here so who has the most trade value and i guess it's probably him right if you're a bad team and you're looking to rebuild he's got the highest ceiling yeah 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 go on for sure i was gonna say i don't even know if they're really like if they picked him thinking he was gonna play on the team like maybe I think it's possible that they didn't get a trade that they wanted with just the picks and maybe Wiseman or whatever they were offering. And so they said, you know what, let's take this guy who's pretty widely liked around the league and maybe, you know, do what we can to maybe get value out of him after the draft. Because it, it, to me felt like if they're going to, if they're going to just, you know, if they're going to play him, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me just because for the same reason for just what you're saying, Phil, it's just like, I don't see him really fitting as like a really an impact player with, with the splash brothers. And it's just, he seems like he's a bit more of a project. So I don't really understand it to be honest, unless they're going to trade him. Yeah. And yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. It's, it's going to be a interesting couple of days for sure with free agency and all that coming up. Anything else you boys wanted to add on the draft, just anything in general, any observations, any takeaways, just, let it fly if you got it um no but i just wanted to add one more point here about about golden state like i I agree with you boys once again here um i think they should probably try and move them before the season starts Mm -hmm. because i I feel like in 20 games a player's value can drop so much um but if you move them before i mean kuminga is what everyone uh you know thought he was going into the draft and and i i guess summer league can can show some things but um I, i think golden state plays a pretty complicated offense too and I mean, when you're playing with those all-stars, I mean, they, they, they made Wiseman not look super great. Um, but you never know if Wiseman went to a different team that was more patient, he probably would have looked better. But, you know, in Golden State, it looked tough because they were running that fast offense, shooting the heck out of the three. So um, if, if they put Kuminga in that offense, I don't know how well, you know, he could do. And then his value might drop, then they might not get the guy um, that they wanted all along. I just wanted to, I wanted to give a couple of shout outs. Number one shout out, Jay Billis, because he's one of those guys he lives for one day of the year he literally lives his whole life in preparation for draft day and then the day ends and he prepares for the next year so shout out to jay billis this is his day in the sun i just want to make sure he gets the love he deserves and i also want to give a shout out to big perk because kendrick perkins was on the set he was he was killing it tonight i wanted to particularly shout out he gave it four tries to say moses moody tonight and the words he called him were moody mosey mo modi Moses Modi and Modi uh, Moosey. So shout out to Big Perky. He was killing it tonight. Yeah, 
definitely. They were they were laughing like crazy. I've never seen a panel laugh that long. And Perk's laugh, you know, a general laugh is from three to four seconds. His is about ten to twelve seconds, where he's and just he's... chuckling, chuckling, chuckling. And then he, what I've noticed also is he collects himself really fast. He does the Kanye, where he's like laughing, smiling, and then boom, serious. It's it's a real trait because he gives yeah. an. Uh, uh, into the mic on the laugh <laughs> and then he just cuts it back to regular life after <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yeah, a big perky and uh, i don't know if you boys caught any of the abc broadcast tonight but i unfortunately had the dish pleasure of watching it for the first three picks and uh they did not show a single basketball highlight for the first three picks yeah, they just rough. showed videos of Cade cunningham with his daughter evan mobley's tiktok account I don't even know what they showed for Jalen Green. I think I just blacked out of boredom. I was like, can they show the highlights or what am I, what am I missing here? When yeah. I found there was another station, I was delighted. I only, I only watched about that one pick and it was horrible. It looked like a reality TV show because it almost looked like there was nothing basketball related about the broadcast. And I switched <laughs> back to, to ESPN. They were doing a pretty good job. Their analysis after Evan Mobley got picked was the first word out of his mouth was he can juggle. I was like, oh, oh my geez, God. Dude. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Get me out of here. Uh, we could talk about the big trade today. Now, we all saw it. We were talking a little bit about it on the last episode. We gave it about 20 seconds of conversation, which is rarity because we like to expand. But we both thought there was about no way this was going to happen. So in case you missed it and you're the Patrick Star living under the rock, uh, Russell Westbrook's a Laker. He went for the high, high price of KCP, Kuzma, and Harrell, you know, the poop package. And uh, the Lakers, just in case you're wondering, the Lakers are spending over the salary cap on three people. Westbrook makes $44 million this year. It was about, I did the, I did the math on the calculator app, and it was about $120 million between the oh three of God. them. So they're really going all in on this idea. What do you boys make of the new big three? Because there is no shortage of things that can be discussed here. Um, yeah, I I honestly didn't think they could get it done, like you said, because of the salary cap issues and the, and the luxury tax I think they're going to have to pay now. But I have to be honest, I don't love it. I don't love the trade. I know they wanted a point guard, and it obviously looks like LeBron's taking a back seat now. He's kind of going to let Westbrook and, and, and Davis do their thing. Um, but just given Westbrook's wild style and, and his playoff resume, I don't think it's the guy you want. I think maybe if they could have got Paul, that would have been a better option or, or honestly any other point guard, but I guess they just kind of want to rely on Westbrook um, in the regular season. Cause he, he can carry, carry a team by himself basically in the regular season and, and get you a bunch of wins, just given his triple doubles that he's going to give you just yeah. um, my only concern is in the playoffs. Now, is LeBron okay with that? LeBron's not a stupid guy. He's probably just going to be like, hey, Westbrook and Davis, you guys do your thing. And then when we get to the playoffs, it's going to be more me and Davis and Westbrook. You're not going to be involved into too many things, right? So LeBron can get his rest. So I don't know if, it, if it's that kind of a deal, but I, I can't say I love the trade. Yeah. I, uh, to be honest, like I hated the trade. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm probably a bit more of a Westbrook uh, critic than you guys are, but I, I don't like the way he plays. I haven't for years. Um, and I mean, obviously I think this is Le- LeBron must've, it must've been at some point his decision or he, he was obviously oh, heavily it's, involved. Like it's all his decision with that. Yeah. He has the keys to the car. Exactly. Like we all saw his probably his Instagram post, like he's fired up about it because it's definitely somebody, I mean, Westbrook does not get hurt. He plays every game. 
um, which is obviously something that neither LeBron or AD have really are really capable of doing anymore. So that's good. I mean, you'll get somebody who can kind of carry the load for you at times during the regular season, like Alex was alluding to, which is good. But I mean, when come playoff time, like we look at, if you look at a team like the Bucks that won the championship this year, you had two guys, two main scorers, and then, you know, shooters and defenders around them. And that was the recipe for success. I don't think having a, you know, if you put somebody like Russell Westbrook on that team, I don't think they, they do the things that they were doing because that's just, you know, you have to give him his touches, his possessions. And a lot of times those possessions are inefficient or bad. So I think it's, with somebody like LeBron and AD, a couple guys like those, like LeBron and AD, I think it's good to, to surround them with shooters, defenders, stuff like that. I think that's just a better recipe for success. But yeah, I think LeBron's getting old for sure. So maybe somebody take the load off. They're going to need, I am so interested to see what they do over the next week. Yeah. This is probably the situation I'm going to be monitoring the closest at this point because they are going to need shooters because this is, I, I doubt Caruso's back. The most interesting thing they can do is what they're going to do in that signing trade for Schroeder and what they get there. Like they, they're going to have to match that salary. They can't just let it walk out the door because they don't have a mechanism to sign anybody. If he just leaves, they're going to need to do a signing trade with him. And, you know, honestly, the first thing I thought of was I think they missed Rondo a little bit more than they thought because mm. they they really he was a huge piece of the team that won the championship because he was the third ball handler they were clearly looking for a third ball handler that wasn't named Schroeder and I wasn't expensive yeah yeah <laughs> well 44 million you know yeah, you yeah. could go on the expensive side yeah it's it's a bargain yeah, yeah. but I think this is really this is going to be the most fascinating test of LeBron's greatness that is yet to come can he yeah make Westbrook an NBA champion. It's going to be fascinating to watch because again, it is, he has the keys to the car. It's his decision. He's so smart that he has to think basketball wise that he can do it or else he wouldn't have accepted it. So it's going to be the real test. Can, can, can he get Russell Westbrook a, wing, a ring? It's the <laughs> immovable object against the unstoppable force. <laughs> I just, I just think I'm going to see a lot of uh, J.R. Smith, LeBron stuff yes. where J.R. just yeah. doesn't know how many timeouts there are, what, what, how much time is left on the clock and what the score is. Yeah. yeah, I think they're going to butt heads, man. Uh, Davis doesn't seem like the guy that will, but I think LeBron and Westbrook can, I think Westbrook kind of has an ego. Um, So, and I also want to give a shout out to Washington. Um, I know the return on Westbrook isn't crazy, but we, but we can't forget that they traded John wall for Westbrook. And when John wall was essentially a zero, yeah, untradeable. They end up getting a first round pick, Kyle Kuzma, and some other assets. Which, once again, I mean, I know it's not a huge return, but they still ended up getting some decent assets for basically a zero in John Wall. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. And uh, I cannot wait until we see like blow ups on the bench and just, it's going to be so great. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. If you're a Laker optimist, you have to think of it as Westbrook has to have some sort of realization, which I, I don't that's know not happening. Yeah, I don't know that that's yeah. what you're banking on. But if you're a Laker optimist, that's what you probably have to think. Do you at think? This point. Do you think Westbrook is like comfortable taking a back seat, or do you think he comes in as like my team? This is my team now. Probably his team, man. I think that <laughs> like, that's probably what he thinks in his head. But he like, I bet LeBron and AD were like, "Yo, you're gonna have to settle down. You're gonna have to play differently." He's like, "Oh, guys, for sure." But he shows up on yeah. October first, and he's like, "Yo, my ball, my city. Let's yeah. go." Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I said, I feel like that's uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, like I said, I think I said it last podcast. I think he's literally going to be like, no, nah, my city, bro. Like I was <laughs> literally my team. I feel like he kind of did that with 
Bradley Beal. Like he kind of like just took over, took the keys. Yeah, he just alphaed him. He was like, yeah. "All right, you're done." Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Have yeah. you won an you MVP? You shoot when I tell you to shoot. Yeah, you shoot yeah. when I tell you to shoot. Shoot when I pass to you. Play defense. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, you shoot when I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> enjoy the enjoy the spotlight, Brad. Yeah, I'm averaging a triple double. Yeah. Uh, there's there was a couple other trades, but they're so not worth noting. There was Mason Plumley. I I just wanted to talk about that one because it's it's NBA tradition that a garbage contract is awarded to a Plumley, and then it just passes around amongst the irrelevant teams. We had the Miles one on the Suns in 2013. Then he went to like the Bucks and then the Hornets, and then this one went from the Pistons to the Hornets. It's perfect. It's just Plumley symmetry. I'm all for it. They all kind of go through the Hornets somehow. Yeah, it all ends yeah. up there. And the Hornets somehow have different jerseys every time they end up there. Yeah. So you can cop a new one if you're a big Plumley supporter at home. <laughs> uh, Ricky Rubio went to the Cavs. That just, you know, it kind of fits. Ricky Rubio's kind of had a tough career. Should have been better than he was. So yep. that's the, the right spot. And Cleveland's yep. going to lose Delhi, so they need, you know, a scrapper. And yeah. probably Sexton. So I guess they just wanted some more insurance there on the ball handling. Yeah, he, he might still have something left. Uh, we can move over into the free agency because it's coming up. It's players can start talking to teams this Monday at about four our time, six Eastern. So I figure, hey, let's get some predictions out there. Let's let's get on the record, and we're going to revisit this in two weeks. Whoever is get gets the most right, we'll you know we'll buy him a dinner or something. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, let's do it. Little wager, okay? So yeah. I piled together the twelve hottest names on the market. And I just want you to give me a prediction where they're going to sign. So I'll run you through the name. I'll give you some of the teams interested. You let me know what you think. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Kyle Lowry. So they were saying maybe the Sixers, maybe the Pelicans, maybe the Heat, the Mavericks, the Raptors, the Knicks. I guess the Lakers are probably out now, but no shortage of teams interested in them. Where do you think he ends up? I'm going to say the Sixers. I think he finds his way there. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to go Dallas. I think Dallas really values Lowry. Uh, I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if Philly values Lowry as much as, as I think they should. And uh, I think Dallas needs a point guard really badly with Doncic. So I'm going to go Dallas. I like both those. I'm going to go Knicks, but I think the Pelicans could wow. be in there too, but I'm going to go Knicks. Knicks. Knicks have money to burn and they need a point guard bad. So yeah, for some reason, Pelicans does make sense to me. Sounds like that's the right one. They're just desperate enough to give them a hundred million dollars. Yes. Yeah. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. Uh, DeMar DeRozan. Now the Lakers are still circulating in the rumor mill. Who knows if they, you know, it'd have to be a sign and trade with the Schroeder, I think in a three way, but we'll see uh, the Mavericks, another Maverick spot. They said the Clippers, I have no idea how in hell that would work, but whatever. <laughs> and then the Knicks, he could resign with the Spurs. You boys go ahead where you see it. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to do, I think they're going to team up. So let's just do Dallas again. They need some more scoring. (laughs) You're doubling down on the Mavs. Yeah. I'm going to go with, I'm just going to say he resigns. He seems like a loyal guy. Never wanted to leave the Raptors. So I think he'll, he'll figure something out. Yeah. I'm, I'm going Mavericks. Unfortunately, I'm with Alex. I think it's over. And uh, one one more reason why is just I think this is kind of a season where I don't think Luca's super pissed at the organization yet, but they don't want to get into like a Zion situation or like a you know LeBron situation when he was in Cleveland like like a decade ago where he's just mad. So I think they just want to add these guys and they want to go on a deep playoff run. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. And the third name I want to bring up, Mike Conley. 
He could resign with the Jazz. There's, you know, the teams that are interested in a point guard. It's all the teams I yeah. just mentioned. Yeah. Somebody's going to be left desperate with, you know, maybe the Pelicans, maybe the Knicks, maybe the Mavs, maybe even the Heat. Just, I, I'm saying Jazz. I think he goes back. They they need to pay him. But what do you boys think? I'm gonna yeah. go. I'm gonna go. He resigns with the Jazz just because, like you said, it doesn't. There's they can't afford to lose him. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. If whatever's left of him, yeah, he'll go to the Jazz. I like that. We're, we're, we're pretty aligned so far. Yeah. We got some differences. I'm down for it. We got Kawhi Leonard. I'm saying resigns, but they were yeah. saying maybe Mavs, Knicks. No, Clips. Clips all day. Alex yeah, Clips. I was debating it for a sec. You saw me, but yeah, I'm just going to go Clips. <laughs> you, you lean back in the chair. You're like, ah, I don't know. Um, Did I piss yeah. Phil off right now? I don't know. Uh, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. We need to bring that back. Yeah, we, definitely. we will. Uh, Chris Paul, again point guard market but i think he's gonna go i don't know i i you know what let's be fun i'll say miami we'll be fruity i think cool. he's going to miami cool uh i think uh since the knicks miss out on lowry uh i think they're gonna get paul i think it's just been in the cards for so long and i i think he just goes to new york and just yeah becomes like a billionaire i like that okay what you got wow i hate to be like boring here but i think he resigns I'm yeah, just going know, for the dinner right now, dude. You, you're really grinding for this dinner right now. Yeah. <laughs> Owen's, yeah. If Owen wins his dinner's McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. If Alex wins yeah. his dinner's like the keg or something. Yeah. And then I, I land in the middle. We, we yeah, flatten dude, it I'm, out. There you I'm going to start tweeting from burner accounts to these guys to resign. <laughs> yeah. And then send it to me. Like, mark up my dub right now. Yeah. This one's especially for you, Owen. He's, he's not one of the hottest 12 names on the market, but I needed I to put him in saying. here for you. Yeah. 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 Tell me. Tell me who I'm saying. Are you going to say Duncan Robinson? I am going to say Duncan Robinson. That's a tough one, dude. He could, there's so many teams that could use him. Like, the, can you imagine him on the Lakers? <laughs> He'd be cooking be, on the Lakers. He'd be don't get me excited. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm excited right now. <laughs> I don't know if they have the, dude, how, do you think he signs? How much do you think he signs for? Well, 20 to 25 mil a year, I think he's. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a you lot know, of money. There's one team crazy enough to pay that the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. Like Zion, we got Duncan. Like, you got to stay. You can be yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm going to say the Pels. Zion, meet Duncan. Yeah, yeah. that'd be weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, hey, Zion, like, what's up? <laughs> it's like, oh, great. Yeah. A white guy. <laughs> what help? <laughs> what you got, Alex? What are you throwing in? Um, You said, so there's the Pelicans. Uh, I guess maybe you could resign with the Heat. Yeah, maybe the Knicks. Anybody with space, the Spurs, maybe. Um, you know what? Let's go with the Knicks here too. Uh, I think they have. They want to spend some money here, and and I think yeah, he'd fit well. What about John Collins? They said Spurs, Mavs, Heat, T Wolves, or he resigns with the Hawks. You know what I'm picking? I'm picking down south, Texas. He's a San Antonio Spur. That's what Phil, I'm taking. Phil, I was gonna say the same thing. I have, I have a feeling he's actually gonna go to San Antonio. I feel like uh, San Antonio needs a big. I know when when they were drafting tonight, they were saying San Antonio should take a big, maybe the Turkish guy. So uh, I think he'd fit well. Sengun. Yeah. What you got, okay? I'm gonna say. Um, can you repeat those teams again? Yeah, for sure. I got Spurs. I got Mavs. Heat. T Wolves. Or you can go back to the Hawks. Uh, I'm gonna go T Wolves. I think he's the piece that could help him. You know what? I can push this year. I can picture him in the uniform right now. Yeah. Now that you yeah, said it, 
that makes some sense. Yeah. Uh, another Owen special. We just got a couple to go. Lonzo Ball. Now, yes, dude. there was a big market for Lonzo. Again, they said the Bulls and the Clippers were the most interested. But, Alex, there was some Raptor buzz. Oh, There was some Heat buzz. There was, go to the Raptors. There was some Mavericks buzz. It doesn't. It looks like somebody said the marriage with the Pelicans is ending. So, And you know what? That's typical Pelicans. The player's gotten better every single year. He's hitting his prime. Pelicans yeah. are going to let this guy go out the door. It's just so typical. Um, I think he's going to go to Miami. Uh, I'm going to go with Miami. I don't want him to really go to Toronto because like uh, we're literally not going to score more than 60 points a game if we get him too. Cause like no one can freaking score on our team. So uh, I mean, got I him and Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Him and Scotty Barnes, broken shots. Um, so I think he's going to go to the heat. I got Mavs. I go. You said Mavs. Yeah. I got Mavs. I didn't go with the Raptors just cause uh, I want, I'm, gonna try and speak it into existence here that's fire i'm down with i would that. get you know how fast i would get a jersey phil would you get the would you get the dino one yeah oh absolutely absolutely dude i would get it i would get the dino one and i would get it the night like the minute it happened i'd order it you get the bar ball away. talking on tsn yeah yeah <laughs> he's on sportsnet sportsnet oh my goodness dude that is just wow that is a dream oh, you're gonna want to go to bed tonight with dreams of dude, have- on the wraps Honestly, dude, they'll have enough money to bring back uh, to bring back uh, Dan on TSN. They will. Yeah, all the money they'll make off Get LeVar. Jay some help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jay and LeVar. <laughs> wow, that'd be lit. Tim and LeVar, dude. The networks yeah. will be in a bidding war. It'll be fire. That's we got so uh, we got Brad Beal. Who the rumor? The latest was it looks like it stays in Washington, but you know the story changes every five minutes. Just to be fun, I'm gonna say the Warriors. I'll just be fun and say that, but it seems like he'll be back. But you know the teams would be in there. It'd be the Celtics yeah. with Jason Tatum commenting in Instagram captions, and the Sixers maybe with Simmons. The Heat. Those would be the teams that are in there. But I'll say Warriors to be fun. I think he's gonna just stay in, in Washington. I was uh, I was gonna go. I was thinking Sixers before you said it, so I'm gonna go Sixers. I like that. I like that. Three to go. Dame Lillard. We all know the market. We've talked about it nonstop. I'm gonna go. He stays. Damn. Uh, I don't know. I th- I think he just finds a way on the Warriors somehow. Uh, I know the chances are dampened now that they made their picks, but I don't know. I think I think he'll just find a way somehow there. I yeah. respect it. For some reason, I feel like the rumor mill has kind of quieted on him. So to me, I mean, obviously he's at the Olympics, so maybe that's why. But I don't know. I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll stay. I've kind of changed my tune on that. I like it. Lastly, we got Ben Simmons. Now, everybody's team on this podcast has been mentioned for Ben Simmons. There's been Spurs buzz. There's been Raptor buzz. I will mention, though, that the Sixers allegedly said to the Spurs, it's going to take four first, three pick swaps, and a young player. Yeah, that's a joke. I'm good. I'm good. If that's the case, I'm good. But you know the teams that are there. It'd be Toronto, San Antonio. Maybe Sacramento. They seem dumb enough to do it. The Cavs, the Pacers were allegedly in there. Or he comes back to the Sixers, which is the betting favorite right now that he just runs it back. They run it back because it had so much success the last, you know, five years. So much success. And uh, quick on the Raptors, what they wanted from the Raptors was uh, Fred Van Vliet, OG Anunoby, Kyle Lowry, and the fourth pick in in the NBA draft. So that was a big no, too. I can't believe they even asked us for that. They wanted Um, the Raptors. I think uh, I think they missed their chance. I think they should have traded him by 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 tonight. 
And I think just teams are going to start going in a different direction because um, the picks were made tonight. And yeah, I think they're asking prices too high and he's just going to end up on the Sixers. Yeah, I, I think I think he'll probably end up on the Sixers as well. I feel like, yeah, the asking price was too high and teams have gone and looked at, you know, settled with their second or third option at this point. So I don't know. I think they might, could maybe miss the boat a little bit. Yeah, I'm going Sacramento. They're just it's been too long that they've done something stupid. So they're, they're waiting in the wings. They're just getting ready. I can see it. Yeah. I'm with it. That's it for basketball. We can move over to football. That was a good basketball talk. I like that. It's going to be a good week coming up for the NBA. Wonderful. I'm excited. I love it. We could talk some NFL quickly. Camps opened up this week. So there was a lot of camp news everywhere. People, you got to see some signs of life again out there, you know, media back yeah. at the thing, fans back in the stands. I'm with it. I like it. It's, nice. it's heartwarming stuff. We could start with Aaron Rodgers, as we as I think we do every single week, because he showed up to Packer camp. He was wearing a The Office t-shirt, so everybody could retweet him and be like, oh, my God, so relatable. It's Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he has a ponytail now. Oh, he's wearing an Office shirt. But I will say, if you didn't see him speak to the media, I highly recommend it, because it was great. honestly the most candid thing I've ever seen. It actually made me respect him more, because he just... absolutely stood up there and he just said everything we ever wanted to know spit facts yeah they're coming to green bay to play with me that was my personal favorite Mm -hmm. but you know if you do get the chance and haven't seen it go watch it because it was excellent but now it it does look like he's going to be back they traded for randall cobb it seems like he's going to be there this season and then probably pack it up at the end of this year but do you think that situation's like resolved do you think it's going to be weird at all what are you boys expecting this year sort of from a chemistry standpoint with the Packers? Oh, it's, it's clearly going to be weird. I would be shocked if it, I mean, I think to me, the Randall Cobb thing was an effort to kind of placate him a little bit, kind of appease Aaron Rodgers. Cause I think the main thing I I took away from that video or that, that interview was that it's not really the draft or anything like that, or not putting the right pieces around him per se. I think it's just, he feels like the organization doesn't listen to him enough and he feels like they've treated he like listed a bunch of vets like um, Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb, Charles Woods, like a whole, he, like he, a laundry list of them. He like rattled off like 15. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like all his offensive line, man, like Bulaga, like all these guys. So I think, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, there's the situation there, I think is at some point irreparable. Although they, they're trying to do it. I don't think they're trying to fix it. I don't think they will be able to. I think it's just, you know, he's going to tough it out. I think he'll play well because that's just the type of guy who he is. And I think it'll be a, you know, somewhat mediocre season potentially. Maybe they'll play well, but I think at the end of the season, he's gone. I don't think there's any coming back from what he said and what he's posted and whatnot. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a weird season too, not only because of Aaron Rodgers, but because of Devontae Adams and like he's pissed yeah. now at the organization too. And it's kind of weird. I mean, you piss off two of like the top 10, maybe players in the NFL or top 20 and, yeah, top five um, at their positions. Top yeah, top five definitely. at their position, exactly. And I mean, you could even argue that they're the best at their position. Yeah. Um. So, like, with Rodgers winning the MVP and stuff. So, and like Owen said, um, not treating him right. But I've also heard that he's like, you guys don't utilize me in a way that can benefit you because Rodgers has a lot of connections in the NFL. He has a lot of connections to the players, from what I heard from him. Um, where he's like, I can get guys to Green Bay, but like, you just don't want to listen to me. So, um, so I guess they missed out on opportunities from, mm-hmm. from that end too. So I don't know. I just think, I just think they'll have like a mediocre season and they'll flame out and that'll be it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say one thing though. I think 
it's pretty clear. Like Aaron Rodgers is probably he's clearly in Devonte Adams' ear. I'm sure he's in some of the other guys on the team's ear. I think this is a situation where it's like almost like mutinous. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like ownership versus players, coaches versus players. It's one of the most unhealthy things I've ever seen in yeah. pro sports. They said it, he's going around calling the GM Jerry Krause. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's really weird, but in a way, I think there's a chance it like galvanizes them together. I don't know. I don't know what to make of the whole thing. I think uh, we're obviously going to talk about the Packers in a couple weeks, but I'm looking forward to doing some research yeah. there and seeing how these next couple weeks play out. Cause I feel like there's a chance that this works in their favor in some way for this year alone. If they kind of realize like, Hey, it's their last year. Like let's give it our all, but it also could just blow up in their face. It's, it's boom or bust. There's no other way to put it for them. I think it's going to be very strange and it's going to make for great TV. I, I wish they were hard knocks. Cause Holy cow, that would have been. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And one more thing, sorry. Talk no, so much go ahead. This, but um, I think at some level, Aaron Rodgers, the, I think it's not a coincidence that this is happening all now. I think Rodgers recognizes like there's some serious, he's got some issues in the way he's played and some of the failings and, and shortcomings he has in his own game and the way he's played over the last while. I mean, he's, you know, won one Super Bowl and people for years have considered him arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. So I think, especially now with the way they played against Tampa Bay, I think the narrative is so negatively charged against him. He's, he's kind of looking for a scapegoat here. And so I don't know if that, if it galvanizes them to the point where they're able to overcome some of the fundamental flaws they have, which is just that, you know, they can't get over the hump. So. Yeah, well, it's going to make for fascinating TV. I'm looking forward to it. Let's talk some Lions football here quickly because Dan Campbell, the biggest, this guy would make the greatest gym teacher of all time. I I can't get it out of my head. It's fantastic. But he unveiled his four rules for Detroit Lions football. Did you boys see this? I actually did not. Me neither. I'll give it to you. You let me know what you think of each one. First rule, don't be late. That's actually like a classic. That's that's a great way to get the boys going and 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 then invest some accountability there. Yeah, he seems like a big. If you're not five minutes early, you're late type of guy. Yeah, he's like he, you know, in the, in the old Giants facility, Tom Coughlin turned all the clocks to 15 minutes ahead, yeah. so everybody was early. He's definitely yeah. going to be doing that. Except he's like an hour ahead. He's like you he got to be way early. He also seems like the guy that if you walk in late, he's going to make you apologize in front of the class for letting oh, your teammates down. So. He'll just fine you. Yeah. Yeah. Or he'll be the guy who locks the door as the meeting oh, yeah. starts. Like, yeah, 10 minutes before. Yeah. You got to go get a late slip. Yeah. Get the late slip from the receptionist at Lions yeah. Camp. Uh, number two rule keep your weight in check. That's a classic. You can't be, you can't be, you know, showing up anybody by being overweight. You can't be doing Kelvin Benjamin here. Come on. Yeah. Oh, Kelvin Benjamin, dude. Oh, yeah. Had a tough goal. You had a uh, tough goal. <laughs> you want to you wanna set an example for your teammates. You want to be a leader. So uh, I think Dan Campbell's definitely doing that, and he just wants to reflect that in his players. Leads yeah. into rule number three, don't disrespect your teammates. Exactly. So don't be overweight. Yeah. yeah. Two-way street. Yeah. Two-way street. And don't be late. Because if yeah. you're late and you're overweight, you're disrespecting your teammates. You're wasting so your teammates all these time. rules are feeding in. Yeah, look at that. And then the last rule, don't disrespect the game. Damn. Damn, dude, he should be a rapper with these bars. <laughs> yeah, that's that's straight heat. Uh, I don't know, like he, he he referred to that he would bring a lion to, to take a shit in the middle of the field. I think. Yeah, um, to make everybody isn't that uncomfortable. Kind of disrespecting the game if it took a shit on the logo. Yeah. 
So <laughs> what, what, do you, what, what do you think is actually like disrespecting the game to, to Dan Campbell, like going like forward Dan- on fourth down or like running the yeah. wildcat? Yeah. It's a running play <laughs> like action. Your, yeah. Having a running quarterback, like, yeah. like having golf <laughs> run out of bounds instead of taking like a head to head hit. Yeah. That's his that's disrespect in the game. That's disrespect yeah. in the game. So. <laughs> Oh, I just can't wait to see the John Madden offense those guys run. I literally can't. I cannot wait for game one. It's going to be so good. Oh, it might be a long year for the Lions this year. Oh, I have a rough feeling about it. I hope they do well. Oh, I, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be just electric. Uh, Zach Ertz, he came to Eagles camp. Now, there was trade speculation the whole offseason, but he showed up. I mean, again, we talk about the Eagles as much as we talk about like fly fishing on this show. They really, they're so relevant at this yeah. point. It doesn't matter. But I bring him up to say that he pulled up blonde and yeah. he oh. is like a classic guy that I never thought like he, he was always like kind of the buzz cut, right? And then he mm. pulls up with blonde hair and he looks great. And it's like, yeah. you know what? Like, Maybe I should try Bond. That's the vibe I was getting from his photo. If you didn't see it, so I just wanted to ask if the boys thought they could pull off Bond because it's always a it's a divisive topic if you think you can pull it off or not. Uh, it's definitely something I've thought of before. Just I don't know if I if I have the balls to pull it off. But you know, maybe one time I'll just I'll just try it. Like because because Ertz oh. looked great in it. Um, I may or may not have photoshopped myself with blonde hair, but we'll leave that up to you guys <laughs> to decide. So. Yeah, um, may I, I think it's a great look. I do too. It looks like he's got kind of like a million dollar mullet going on there too, which I'm working towards. You are have so, been grinding towards that path. Yeah. So, uh, so I think I could, I think I could pull it off. I like that. I think I could yeah. too. So maybe very one day confident we'll, podcast. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll all just pull up blonde. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. That'll be our thing. Like if we get like a thousand downloads on an episode or, or something, we'll, we'll all go blonde. How about, yeah, okay, you guys. pencil it in. If you want yeah. us to be blonde, then you have to send this to all your friends. Yeah, yeah. You, exactly. Everybody down in Florida, you've been doing it. So let's pull the pot up. Let's see more of it. That's what Texas, I want to see. Texas, we see you. Yeah, we want West, to see uh, West Virginia, I think. Yeah, still going. Washington State, shout out to everybody down there. We love you guys. So stay listening. We Stay loyal. We're talking AFC South. We talked the first half last week, which was, <laughs> it was a banging segment about the Texans and the Jags. This week we get to a little bit, you know, a little bit more real football here. This is these are some football teams we're talking about now. Big time football teams. Teams that, you know, might win some games. Yeah, playoff teams from last year. Yeah. These teams have some attitude. We're talking obviously about the Colts and the t- Titans. Which one you boys want to start with? You boys you lead me lead me in the direction here. Oh guy, you go for it. Why don't we start with the uh, with the Colts? Let's do it. Let's do it. So there's some high expectations this year. Vegas, Vegas is confident. They're penciling in for 10. That's the over-under, 10 on the dot. The Colts, they got one of the best head coaches in the league. I think that's fair to say. Frank Reich. Mm-hmm. Now, they, they've they got a new quarterback this year. It's Carson he's Wentz. good. That's a debatable topic. Whether you <laughs> think he's good or not is really up to your interpretation. Uh, the thing to note is that when Frank Reich and Carson Wentz worked together on the Eagles, the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and if Carson Wentz didn't get hurt, he was going to win the MVP. So they're reunited, which mm-hmm. this <laughs> the NFL is just great drama all the time. There's, <laughs> there's never a shortage of a story in the NFL. Uh, if you don't remember last year, the Colts, they were a playoff team. They were a wildcard team. They were 11-5, and five, but 
the thing to remember is they couldn't throw the ball down the field. They had no vertical threat. They were mostly read by their running back, who was a rookie, really came on at the end of the year from Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they played a very easy schedule last year. That's really not to discredit them at all, but this is a good football team on both sides of the ball. So we'll see what happens this year. Off season, obviously the new quarterback, the left tackle retired. That's really worth noting because he was one of the best left tackles in football and it was a stunner, Anthony Costanzo. They replaced him with Eric Fisher. That's pretty mid-level. So that's going to yeah, be a big true. loss for them. Uh, they drafted a couple of pass rushers in the first two rounds. The thing to note though, the receivers are still incredibly underwhelming. They're squeezing all the juice out of the T.Y. Hilton orange for the last five years. So we'll see how that turns out for them this year. Their schedule is actually funny this year. I'll mention this because they played really easy last year, like I mentioned, and all in all, they're expected to play a top 10 easiest this year, but their first six games are the hardest first six games and their last six games are the easiest six games. So this is a team that could start slow and then maybe right the ship at the back or, you know, the snowball could roll down the hill or they start three and three and then they have an easy finish. So this can go a lot of different ways. Uh, they actually have a Christmas Day game this year against Arizona. I'm a sucker for the Christmas Day games. I always watch those. What about you boys? Oh, they're great. They're great. I actually might even be attending that game. No so, way. Yeah, that oh. might be on the list. I'm going down to Cali most likely here in December. So uh, that actually might be a game I'll, I'll be attending. Wow. We're going to have to get some live like oh, yeah. the field I'll coverage. Be, I'll oh. do like the like the live tiktok we'll do the pod yeah. like while i'm at the game that's exactly what i'm that? saying live from the stands <laughs> yeah but yeah. just blow out your speakers it's okay <laughs> um well it'll be an interesting team to monitor this year no doubt this team they're an interesting watch so we'll see what happens 10 again is the over under they're the slight favorites to win the division extremely slight it's basically even uh, they're plus 105, Tennessee's plus 110. So just let me know what you think on that 10 over under. Let's hear it. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go over 10. I didn't really know what their schedule was like, but since you said that the uh, six, the last six games are the easiest in the NFL, I think that they'll probably win all of those and then they'll sneak in um, the five or six other games they need to, to get over that 10. Um I think I think Wentz could honestly have a renaissance season. I, th- I think he's I think he's still got something left in him. Now the wide receivers stink, like you said, and and we got they've got to pray for like a breakout from someone. Now I don't know if it's like Paris Campbell or, or Michael someone Pittman. else. Yeah, yeah, Michael Pittman or someone. But they got to pray for one of those. Um, JT's great, Jonathan Taylor. Um, but one thing obviously that I think is going to help them a lot is their defense. Uh, they drafted Quiddy Pay, who's going to be uh, edge rusher for them. Uh, they have DeForest Buckner. Darius Leonard, all those guys coming back. Xavier Rhodes, I mean, he's okay still as a, as a starting corner. Um, so that gives me a lot of confidence that they can win some games. But, yeah, I'm going to take the over. I like that. What you got, old guy? Yeah, I'm going to take the over as well. <clears throat> but maybe for I have similar reasons. I, I'm not confident with Carson Wentz. I think uh, his mechanics have been – have deteriorated a little bit. Um you know he's not th- he's not throwing the football the same way he was earlier in his career. I would say he's regressed a little bit in his, his mechanics. I do think uh, you know if so there's somebody that can help get him back to uh, to MVP form is is Frank Reich. So you know I, I like Carson Wentz. I hope he can turn it around, but I'm not super confident because he was arguably the worst quarterback in the NFL last year or one of the worst. 
Um, but outside of him, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is one of the better running backs in the AFC. If you look at the receivers, I'm not as down on them as you guys are. I think Pittman is quite good. Um, um, you know, he's young and he's got a lot of room to improve, but I think he's quite, quite solid. Um, and then their offensive line, I think Quentin Nelson's arguably one of the best offensive linemen in football. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I like their line. And then when you look at their defense, I mean, DeForest Buckner's a stud, um, Alex, you mentioned uh, Quiddy Pay. All you know, all the Xavier Rhodes. They up and down the roster. They have just really, really solid starters and really good on both sides of the ball. Guys that can make plays. So I think, based on the infrastructure, based on their coaching staff, I think they can get even without a great year from Carson Wentz, eight to nine, and then if he can turn it around, you know, somewhere in the eleven, twelve range, maybe. Uh, you guys came with the logic on these. I, I I think the logical play is the over. All signs point to the over. Give me the under all day because Carson Wentz, yeah, this guy, bad. I think he's terrible. I can't wait to bet against him every week. I can't wait to bet the under. This is, I, I think he's a tire fire. I don't understand why they're putting all the eggs in this basket because, first of all, he's never on the field. I think their backup's Jacob Eason. He's never, Washington guy. Yeah, except Washington State, shout out to the listeners. But he's never on the field. And when he was on the field the last three years, there's no signs that he's competent to me. Give me the under all day. No signs. To me, there's no signs. He he's so MVP inconsistent. Didn't do it I, for you. Oh no, I said the last three years. Okay. All right. Yeah. Take, yeah, yeah, it's a convenient sample size. Fair <laughs> yeah. point. It's almost oh, like you're missing a year there, but the okay. most recent three years, he's been yeah, yeah. completely inconsistent. <laughs> One week he has it, the next week he doesn't. I am uh, not a fan, so I'm going to take the under there. I like that. I like that. I'm the guy who always, you know, I go against the picks. Yeah. <laughs> it it probably ends up with me going ten and twenty two on the overs, but you know what? Whatever. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. yeah, I think you're the only believer in Jacksonville, so you can. I mean, hang your hat on that. Duval, yeah. pencil me in. When I yeah. saw that the under was getting bet so heavily, I was like, oh, that's a little concerning. Why am I the only one who seems to think this is possible? But you, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> me against the world. I'll, yeah. I'll go with it. <laughs> we could talk Titans quickly. They're, again, really close to favorites in this division. That over-under set at nine and a half here. Uh, seems like the action's pretty split both ways. They did have a lot of roster turnover this offseason, which is worth noting but they brought back pretty much everybody of importance they lost their offensive coordinator but they still have mike vrabel what do you guys think of mike vrabel honestly i i'm curious i'm a fan i think he's a beauty yeah he seems like a good guy just a football guy like yeah he's not an idiot too like he's pretty smart no not at all so i I think he's a good coach and Tannehill, he's another guy you know he's he's divisive but he's in the top half of why why is he divisive why just because of his like career before, I think. And stuff. Yeah, because mm-hmm. because he was the yeah. Miami guy, but he was stuck with Adam Gase. So yeah, that's true. When he when he has the coach, I get they're both in the top half of coaches and quarterbacks. Those two, I'd say, is that fair? Absolutely, yeah. For I would sure. say high top. I would, I would get. I, I'm high on Tannehill, but yeah, keep going. You love Tannehill. I like I that. Do. I, like I respect her. that. Last year, eleven and five, they hosted a home playoff game, and uh, Baltimore. You know they came in and beat him but i wanted to shout out the titans last year for one thing in particular don't know if you boys remember it but it was a joy of the season their field goal kicking because it was all over the map but one week they had guys i'd never heard of trodden out there they would miss four converts the next week they had a new guy it was spectacular 
no, that was a phenomenal thing to watch just on red zone. And then the guy that would get signed next week and he'd stink too. And it was awesome. Cause like they'd sign a new guy and you'd almost turn on the game just to see if this guy's going to make the freaking field goal. Cause there was so much pressure. Didn't they also go through like four punters or am I getting confused? I think you're right. I think they yeah. just, the, the, the whole special teams was lacking. <laughs> Cause I remember there was one game where they were on like their third string punter and he was just putting up like five yard ducks every time. It was like horrible. <laughs> Like it was absolutely, it's just brutal to watch. Shout out the Titans, man. Holy yeah. cow. The, there's something else. It's always a joy on red zone when you're watching and then they score a touchdown. They cut back to the game two minutes later and they're like back to Tennessee where the kicker missed the convert. And then they show it. It's like way left. You're like, Oh no, it's going to be a storyline of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Uh, I, I like to bring up the record in one score games, as you know, because it really doesn't transfer year over year. It's kind of a luck thing for the most part. But last year, Tennessee was seven and two and in one score games, despite their field goal kicking. But uh, if you want a simple summary, they spent a lot on offense and their offense was really good. They didn't spend on defense and their defense was really bad. So there's your summary. What did they do to change that? Not a whole lot. It's mainly they shuffled the cards and they laid the deck out and it looks a lot like last year's cards, to be honest. Uh, they replaced Corey Davis with Julio Jones. They signed Bud Dupree, Jack Rabbit Jenkins. They lost Clowney, Malcolm Butler. They also lost Khalif Raymond, which I wanted to note because he's the guy in our intro. They say Khalif Raymond at the 30. So yeah. that, that's our guy. He's that's our boy. That's definitely our guy. I don't know where he went, but I just know he's not on the Titans anymore. So yeah. shout out to you, Khalif. We're, we're a big fan. Uh, incredible skill position team with Julio Jones and Henry and they're super going to be super fun to watch, but you know, week on defense, week on the O-line week on the front seven. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how they do this year. Their schedule is about mid pack for difficulty, three primetime games. I like watching Tennessee, so I'm okay with it. The only thing I don't like about Tennessee is their God awful uniforms. I think they're just terrible. I don't know what you boys think, but I don't like Tennessee's uniforms at all. So, no, for I don't me. mind them. Oh, and you love Tennessee. I, I like wow. Tennessee. Yeah. So nine and a half, and I, I, I think, I think I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. I'm going over for sure. And I just want to speak on Tannehill for a little bit. Yeah, go for it. Because I think I mentioned this to Phil, and Phil called me crazy, but I think he is a borderline top five quarterback in the NFL. And I think the numbers bear that out. If you just, even if you just take last season, obviously 2019, he was a uh, pro bowler, but in 2020, he uh, threw 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions compared to 2019, his pro bowl season where he was, he threw 22 touchdowns and six interceptions. He last year had the fourth highest QBR in the NFL. Um, He led six um, game winning drives, five, fourth quarter comeback so you know this is somebody that can win games and I think he's definitely not the person who's going to be holding them back um you like you mentioned Phil they have arguably one of the you know maybe the best running back in football or or one of the best running backs in football they have two of the best receivers in the game their offensive line is pretty mid uh not terrible I mean they got some a, a few solid pieces like Taylor Lewan but yeah, I would say the main defense, their main issue on their team is their uh, is their defense. They just don't really have much to, like you said, their offensive line. You know, their defensive line, their front seven is pretty weak. Um, so, you know, I think their defense could hold them back from having a great, great season. But uh, I, I trust the uh, the offense. I trust Tannehill. So I think that they'll definitely go over. 
Uh, I'm going to go under. Um, so I, I guess, I don't know. I've gone over on a lot of teams. So I feel like I should go under here, but uh, balance it out. That's right. Balance it out a little bit. Um, yeah, like, I'm just most Owens points here. They do, do, they do have a lot of holes that could let them down throughout the season. I know they got Bud Dupree to maybe help, help there on the defense. I don't know, Phil, you want to talk about Bud Dupree? What's he like? I like Bud Dupree, but yeah. he looks a lot better when he runs next to TJ Watt all the time. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, uh, we'll see how that turns out. Obviously they got Julio Jones. I'm, I'm curious to see just how Julio Jones is going to age, honestly, um, he might still have an un- unbelievable season in the Titans. He is getting up there though with age. So, um, and I think a lot of pressure is going to be on him because uh, now they really have that big number one receiver. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and then I'm just looking at their schedule here. I haven't looked at the schedule for a lot of teams, but they do have a really tough five week stretch where they play uh, the bills, the chiefs, the Colts, the Rams, and the saints. So those are some yeah, tough games. Tough. Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying they're gonna lose all five, but that's definitely a tough stretch. Um, and then they only get their bye week after that. So they don't really get it before. And, and yeah, and then, and then I found a funny story about, uh, one of their cornerbacks, his name is Elijah Moldens. And, uh, it was a funny story about how his mom is calling him nonstop every day for like, and he wants, to, and she wants to talk to him for three or four hours. Cause obviously I guess he left home. And uh, instead, he wants to spend time with his fiance. So he told his mom that she can only call him maybe two or three times a week for about an hour. So, yeah, wow. they were talking about that. Like they had the Titans like beat reporters talking about that. So that's a huge conflict. right That's there. huge. Yeah, that's, a, that's that premium content we need yeah. on the flag on the yeah. play. I like yeah. it. He said, no, mom, I want to spend time with my fiance. Can't blame so, the guy. Mrs. Moldens, if you're out there listening to this, like, please come on. I, we'll talk to you all night. Oh, we'll, we'll give you that like therapy for sure. Like just, just talk to us. Yeah. Four hour show with Mrs. Moltons. Yeah. Let's do it. And uh, for me, I love the over. I love the over. I think this is uh, I think this is, they got great skill position players. I like watching them and I don't think Indianapolis is going to be over 500. I think they will be right around it. I obviously like the Jags, but Houston stinks. Somebody's got to be good in this division and I'm taking a big gamble on the Jags being good, but somebody else has to be there. It's, I think it's going to be Tennessee. They've got that track record of success at this point that I trust them, but they could go under too because the defense is an atrocity, but we'll see what happens. Going to be fun to watch. So to wrap the division, Owen, you had under Texans four and a half. You had under Jags six and a half. You had over Titans nine and a half, and you had over Colts 10. Is that right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right, I think. If you had to rank them one to four, what would you say? <sighs> I'd probably go Titans, Colts, um Jags Texans Alex you had under Texans four and a half you had under Jags six and a half you had over Colts 10 under Titans nine and a half so I think that gets sorted out pretty easy pretty much the same just swap Colts and exactly yeah I just swapped yeah so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Colts win it uh win the division might be a hot take but hey we'll see um and I'm gonna go Titans second Jags third and Texans fourth and I got Tennessee over Jags, over Texans under tight. Or sorry, Colts under Texans under. So I'm going to go. Let's go Tennessee. Let's go Jacksonville. Let's go. Oh my God! I knew it was going to go Jacksonville. Let's go Houston. What? I love the Jags. Put dinner on this. Yeah, you're wishing, man. It's a long shot. I'm trying to be right, though. You got to go out on a limb. That's where all the food is. It's the Steelers as Phil's number one team, and I think it's fair to pencil in the Jags. And and this year, the Lions are an honorary member of the team. 
For I, sure. Jeez. I can't oh, wait no. to see the Lions. Phil's Phil's a big Detroit guy. I am. Yeah. I might just move to Michigan with like Tony one of yeah. these days. You never know. <laughs> uh, let's get into the. Uh, I know. Shout out to Tony if you're listening. Yeah. Let's get into uh, Bozo of the Week, Genius of the Week, No Conclusive Evidence. And then let's pack it up and send it home. What do you boys want to start with? Bozo, Genius? Start with the Bozo. All right. Go ahead, Owen. You seem passionate. Yeah. I, uh, this one, this one, just was grinding my gears. I had to, I have to get it off my chest. So my bows of the week is, uh, it's like, I guess a two headed beast here. It's MLB and it is Amir Garrett. So I think we've mentioned oh, him on the pod stinks. before. I hate him. He is so bad, dude. Okay. So background for, uh, for the, uh, the listeners is that Amir Garrett, he's a relief pitcher for the uh, Cincinnati Reds. And what he's kind of known for, Besides being a pretty terrible pitcher, he's rocking a uh, just a below a seven ERA this year, so nice at a boy. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's known for being really fiery on the mound. He talks a lot of trash, yells at players, he always threatens. Apparently, all, every, all the players say he always like says he wants to fight them and stuff. So, a bit of a hothead to say the least. Oh boy, what um, a flower, man! Yeah, honestly, but uh, he's had an ongoing beef with Javier Baez of the Chicago Cubs um, for oh. Still with the Chicago Cubs, we'll see. But, um, but yeah, so he, they've had a kind of an ongoing beef since like 2018, um, and uh, they had a little bit of a run in this week. So they're obviously the Reds were playing the uh, the Cubs, and and Amir Garrett was talking trash. He was yelling at Javier Baez, and Javier Baez hit a walk off single off him, and then he pimped it. Like he was yelling at him. He's you know bat flipping, screaming, whatever. Right? He hit a walk off hit got a walk-off hit off this guy who's been talking trash to him and his teammates for years. Mm-hmm. And this is the part that gets annoying is what does MLB do? MLB watches the situation, reviews it, and they issued a suspension for have you, have you, have you bias. So he's not I didn't, suspended. I didn't even know he got suspended. I thought yeah. he just walked away. That's brutal. Yeah. He, uh, he got, or I think, sorry, I don't think he got suspended. I think he got fined. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's yeah. still a joke. I don't know it's, how I feel about that. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous because, I mean, Amir Garrett, dude, if you're going to – I feel like if you're going to dish it, dude, you got to be able to take it. And uh, there's no reason the, that MLB should be stepping in here to, to help you at all. That's Just classic. Classic pitcher. In. Pitcher wants yeah. to, you know, have his cake, eat it too. I hate Honestly, that. I can't stand terrible. it. That's a good bozo of the week right there. Yeah. Not an Amir Garrett pod. No. My bozo of the week, it goes to Kyrie Irving. And I know a lot of people, they like to pile on Kyrie Irving. I'm not one of those guys. I usually don't talk about him all that much. But this one really grinded my gears. I am a bit of a sneakerhead. If you have a background on me, you would say, you know, I might like shoes a little bit. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm with that. So the Kyrie 8, if you didn't know, he's with Nike and he has a signature shoe. And the Kyrie 8 is coming out. Usually comes out, I think, September, October, around there. It's coming out. And the 8th model is coming this year. So he's on the 7 right now and he's moving into the 8. Now, Kyrie, he Instagrammed a picture of the Kyrie 8, but he deleted it after. And it said with the caption, I have nothing to do with the design or marketing on the Kyrie 8. In my opinion, these are absolute trash. I have nothing to do with them. Nike plans to release my sneaker without any, uh, or sorry, plans to release it without my okay, regardless of what I say. So, so I apologize in advance to all my sneaker heads and true supporters. 
I'm not an expert here, but if you don't like it, you can change it. I'm pretty sure that's the case. And why are you coming out and saying this? Nobody's going to buy this. This is stupid. I don't understand this at all. <laughs> what do you gain from this? I don't understand at all. What do you, it's so mystifying to me. He's hurting his own brand. So that's, that's my bozo of the week. Uh, it, even if there is something wrong, you don't like your contract, you don't like your shoe, you complain about everything at this point. You're the guy who cried wolf. I don't care what you have to say at this point. If you're complaining, I really, I can't listen to it at this point. So sorry, man. Bozo of the week. <laughs> Carrie's just being a clown now, eh? Yeah. I have yeah. nothing to do with my shoes and they're absolute trash. Oh, great. Thanks, <laughs> great. Man. Great way to make money. He's yeah. allergic to making money. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to keep it light here. I guess uh, just my bozo of the week is Daryl Morey. I think, I think it was like we talked about it in the pod. I just think it was funny. The uh, offers or what he was requesting from other teams, like the, the Spurs thing was hilarious. It was basically eight first round picks. The Raptor stuff was a joke. Uh, maybe I'm missing a team team here too, but, but I just think, I just think it was absolutely. Oh yeah. And then what was it for golden state? It was like, Wiggins pick seven and 14 and like three more first round picks, something like that. And Wiseman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Wiseman, of course. Um, so I just think it's funny because I, I don't think he's going to end up trading Simmons. And I think he kind of lost out on some value here. So he's my bozo. Yeah. That's a fair to say. I'm with yeah. that the whole way. Genius of the week. Mine's pretty short and sweet. I'll get into it. My genius of the week is Skip Bayless because on June 21st, Skip Bayless tweeted, why are LeBron and AD following Westbrook's wife on Instagram? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Now on Undisputed. Wow. The guy saw it the whole time. So oh. shout out to Skip. He really, you know, what a visionary. He had the line on it. Let's go. Cool. case. He did. He cracked it right open. Why are they following his wife? <laughs> Look at him finally getting around to how social media works. Way to go, Skip. Skip. Let's Get go. after it. Um, I'll go here, I guess. Um, my genius of the week is my boy, uh, Henry Ruggs. Oh, uh, yeah, Phil actually league. notified me about this one. It was absolutely a baller move here. Uh, he gained 13 pounds over the off season as, uh, and yeah, our boy also Roethlisberger was losing. So as, as Roethlisberger was losing, Ruggs was gaining some pounds and I've watched some videos and seen some photos from, from camp. Uh, it does not look like he's gained weight. He still looks so skinny. Um, that helmet looks enormous on his body. He kind of looks like Tyreek Hill. So, but hopefully he'll have a nice breakout season here. And he's like, he said in his uh, interview that uh, he plays in a big boy league now and he needs to gain weight. So I'm like, well, that's good on you. Look at that, Henry. Yeah, he. Let's go. That's one of the 13 is such a minimal number when you're that small. You know, he went I from love like it. I love 148 it. to 161, and he's yeah. like, <laughs> beautiful. 13 pounds. I did it. <laughs> what you got on Genius of the Week? I. Uh... I'm sticking with baseball here. I've got the Los Angeles Dodgers. So they are obviously coming off World Series win. They're, they're trying to make a push for the uh, the playoffs and try and win another pennant, go to the World Series, and may probably win it this year. Um, and to do that, they managed to – or it looks like the trade isn't official yet, but they're finalizing a trade with the Nationals to get starting pitcher Max Scherzer and shortstop Trey Turner. So two of the best players the Nationals have, one of the best shortstops in baseball and one of the best pitchers as well in baseball over the past few years. So I don't know how they do it, but I mean, that's just an absolute, that's a crazy trade to me and uh, credit to them for, for figuring it out. So you know, the amazing, genius. amazing thing about the Dodgers is they traded, I think it was Kyber Ruiz and uh, 
the the right handed. I can't remember his name. He just started. Josiah Gray, I think his name is. They mm-hmm. traded those guys, and that's not even like scratching the back of the prospects they needed. <laughs> they they like half. They, yeah. They're an amazing team because they keep generating these amazing players out of basically thin air. Like I don't know where they get them, but everybody they develop and get comes through their organization is so much skill. Like they deserve all the credit in the world because they really built this. I mean, ten years ago they were a joke. Exactly. Yeah. And I, when I first saw this, I thought it was just Scherzer, but when I saw Trey Turner, my jaw hit the floor because I mean, he's having an unbelievable year. Um, he's one of the best players in baseball period. Yeah. Period. As far as shortstops go, he's, you know, right up there with guys like, uh, Tatis and I mean, Lindor, he's clearly having a better season then. So he's really good, really, yeah. really good, better than really good. I think, yeah, and you, I think you could, sorry, Phil, just, uh, I no, think go you ahead. Could put the, put the Padres here almost as kind of a loser because, uh, they missed yeah. out because the first reports were indicating that, uh, Scherzer was going to the Padres and I was like, yeah. that's an unreal move. Um, getting him definitely puts them over the edge, but I guess the Dodgers made a late push. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to the Dodgers, man. See, that NL West race is crazy too. Cause the giants are good all of a sudden, even though their uniforms are just God awful these days. I don't know what the deal is there, but <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the Giants, too. They're an uh, institution. We'll do some no conclusive evidence, and we'll get out of here. What you boys got this week? Uh, I guess I'll go here for no conclusive evidence. Uh, mine is that Eichel needs to end up on the Flames. Jack Eichel from Buffalo needs to end up on the Flames. It has to happen. I've been thinking about it for like the last week, ever since uh, uh, Friedman said that the Flames were in. For our listeners that don't really follow hockey, Friedman's basically the Woj of, of the NHL. So when he said the Flames were in on Eichel, I took it pretty seriously. And uh, yeah, I've been, been on, I've been on Twitter a lot, typing in, you know, Eichel to the Flames, seeing what people are saying. Was there, and it, it, basically trying to do a Skip Bayless, see if I can uh, see if, he's, if his girlfriend's following anybody, put, connect some dots. So uh, I think it needs to happen. Um, if we get him, I think... I think would be a pretty competitive team. And I think we need to push in, uh, push all our chips on to the table here. Uh, we signed Coleman to that kind of big, big, uh, big uh, signing and got Markstrom. So I just, I, it needs to happen. We, we, I need Eichel. <laughs> you really do. I know you do. Yeah. Our answer to McDavid. Oh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> what you got? So again, I'm going to stick with baseball here. Um, and just, I'm just going to hate on the Yankees a little bit. You were loving baseball today. You always yeah. love baseball, though. I do, I do. But trade deadline is especially exciting time. And my uh, no conclusive evidence this week is the Yankees are just a, their joke. It's a clown franchise. Yes, yes. Yeah. Currently, let me pull up the standings here. They lost to the Tampa Bay Rays today, 14-0. to So really impressive Close game. showing there. Close game. Yeah, could have gone sorry, either way. They're, they're over 500. they They're five games over. They're eight and a half games out of uh, – out of, you know the, the first place in the AL East, um, so they're definitely you know not great, but um, definitely an off year because a lot of guys were expecting a lot of analysts and baseball guys were expecting them to be among the best teams in the American League this year, and obviously that hasn't happened. Um, but I the reason I say that they're a clown franchise is because despite all the signs and all the indications saying maybe this is a bit of a lost year, maybe they don't have it, maybe the roster isn't what it needs to be. Maybe the young guys just aren't having it. Don't have a good, aren't you know having a good year? The uh, their manager Aaron Boone and their general manager uh, Brian Cashman are going all in with yeah. team barely above five hundred. They traded for le- left fielder Joey Gallo, who is um, a you know really good piece, and then they just picked up Anthony Rizzo as well. So 
They are making a huge push. Dave Portnoy tweeted they're making a big push for 500, and I just think that's a, probably the best way you could have described it. They're they're making a big push for 500. They're it's really embarrassing. pushing all the chips in the middle yeah. to go yeah. 81 and 81. Definitely. It's embarrassing, and we're not going to talk about how they're actually better than the Blue Jays right now because that's another disaster. But no, we don't talk about that. Yeah, we don't, we don't talk, talk about that. Positivity only with the Blue Jays right now. Yeah. Yeah. Big Blue Jay trade today too. Hey, shout out to them. Yeah, Brad Hand. That's a good. Hand. Yeah, steady hand. That's what yeah. the Padres announcer used to say. Yeah. My no conclusive evidence this week. A few weeks ago, positive Phil was in our midst. Do you guys remember this time? It was maybe two or three weeks ago. And I said on this very program that the Edmontoners were going to win a Stanley Cup before GTA 6 came out. Do you guys right. remember that? Do you oh, remember I that? Oh, I remember it very clearly. Now, Negative Phil is here, and he's here to tell you the Edmonton Oilers might not win a Stanley Cup before 2026, 2025, whenever this thing comes out. Now, No taking it back now. No taking it back. I'm, I'm going to go for a minute here. Now, the Edmonton Oilers had quite a week. They decided, you know what? Let's trade our competent defensemen. Let's get better up front. Let's get bigger up front. Let's spend this $20 million like there's no tomorrow. I'm okay with a lot of what they did, but I am so terrified that this defense is going to stink out loud that it won't matter because the forwards are so much better than they were last year that it makes me very excited for the season. They're going to be able to put the puck in the net. I saw somebody ran a simulation that said Edmonton has the best forwards by far in the league, but they also have the worst defense by far in the league. So we're going to see how this turns out. There might be a lot of 7-6. There might be a lot of 8-7. We're going to find out this year. I am just so terrified at this point. I don't even know how to describe to you what I feel when I close my eyes and I think October and the Cody CC is our shutdown defenseman. This is, this is just, I, I can't believe this is real life at this point, but I'm going to pray for it. I'm going to root for it. The team at bare minimum will be better up front than it was last year. For everybody asking me for my Oilers comment, this is the last statement I'm going to make until October right here. We're going to be good. We're going to make the playoffs. But if we're bad, I'm disappearing off the face of the earth. There you go. That's all they've you need to know. They've got some Vesna guys between the pipes too to bail out that defense. Let's not talk about this right <laughs> so, now. So no, I just I think it's funny how I don't even think you had to improve your offense though. Like you literally have McDavid no, no, and Dreisaitl and Nugent, no, they, and they, they all did. they do is put the puck in the net. No, we, we have we had one line, so now oh. at least we can run three. It's I mean, a big, it's a big improvement, but it, it's it's a huge, like substantial improvement. But the defense is going to be much worse. So we'll be back. Of course, we're taking Monday off. We're taking Tuesday off. We'll be back in a week from today. Owen looks like he's about to pass out right now. Oh yeah, yeah. It's you hot do. In here. Yeah, it's getting sweaty over here too. Yeah, same. It's Mikey. Yeah. The, wow, you, you look like you're in a sauna. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> oh boy all right well we'll be back in a week's time you all enjoy your long weekends they're the canadians the americans out there keep trucking on enjoy the uh hardest summer here we're in the dog days but keep fighting the football's on the horizon yeah. august is coming up good yeah, times games in a week yeah exactly football's a week fake football's a week away yeah get excited we'll talk to you guys again in a week and uh enjoy your week